Amen. Let us all say amen. amen. Let us say amen again. We're happy to be back once again in the house of the Lord uh, for our Tuesday night insight. Uh, we, we thank those of you who are joining, joining us through conference call, uh, through our Facebook uh, live stream and our YouTube uh, stream. We're excited about what God is doing through the Mount Horeb Baptist Church. And so um, on tonight for our Tuesday night insight, we simply want to uh, read a portion of scripture uh, that will serve as our scripture for, I mean, our devotion for tonight. Now, matter of fact, yeah, we, we, uh, turn with me, if you would, uh, to the first number of Psalm, and this will be our devotion reading, uh, reading uh, the first number of Psalm, and if you would, please stand uh, for the reading of the word, and I will be reading from uh, my Gene Getz uh, Life Essential Study Bible, and so it may read a little bit different uh, from the version that you may may have. Uh, starting with verse 1 and reading a couple of the following verses, Psalm 1 says, How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked, nor take the path of sinners, nor join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he, do, whatever he does prospers. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. I'm going to ask Deacon Smith if he will come and offer, uh, offer us a word of prayer. Thank you, uh, Deacon Smith, for leading us in a word of prayer. Uh, on tonight, we're still talking, uh, we're still in our study series of happenings at Horror. Let me just ask, have you been being, have you been blessed uh, by our study, by our look at, at Horror? Uh, I have truly, tremendously uh, been blessed through the studying of, 
uh, Horeb, the word Horeb. I really never looked at it before, and I just found, I find so much uh, in, in these happenings at Horeb. I originally wanted to just deal with happenings of Horeb for about four weeks, maybe the month of June, uh, but the more that I look at it, the more that uh, it seems that we're going to be looking at happenings of, at Horeb for uh, maybe for a little while longer than just June. Uh, uh, but I, I originally said I wanted to deal with the passages that has the name Horeb in the passage. Uh, but uh, Deacon Gibson, there was uh, this passage we're going to look at tonight, while it does not have the name Horeb in it, uh, as much as I tried to go to another scripture text that had the word Horeb in it, it just wouldn't turn me loose. And so I, 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 I'm going to, to deal with this passage on tonight that does not mention the word Horeb, but it is a happening at Horeb. And so let me just review what we've already been through, what we've already discussed, uh, talking about happenings at Horeb. Uh, on, the first, uh, on the first Tuesday night of this month, uh, we talked about uh, being a mountain of mission. Remember, we wanted to, to look at Horeb and figure out the biblical significance of the word Horeb and, and why we would name our church Mount Horeb. And so we looked the first week and we looked at uh, Horeb being a, a place where a mission is found. You remember we talked about the burning bush and how Moses found his God-given mission at, uh, at the mountain of God, even at Horeb. That's how the Bible states it. And so uh, we talked about being a mountain of mission. We want to be a a church of mission. We don't want to be, the matter of fact, our, our name is not the Mount Horeb uh, Stationary Baptist Church, but it's the Mount Horeb Missionary, amen, Missionary Baptist Church. And so we want to be about God's mission here, which his mission is that all would be saved, that all would come into the knowledge of of him through Jesus Christ. And so that's our ultimate goal to be about the mission of God. And we talked about that on the first week. And then we moved from uh, being a mountain of mission. Uh, who can tell me the second one? No one? No, nobody can tell me the second mountain? We want to be a mountain of mission. Thank you. We want to be, a, and next week we talked about being a mountain of ministry. We want to be about God's mission for this particular church, but then we also want to be about ministry, which is simply meeting the needs of others. And while we talked about the mountain of mission, we talked about how Moses uh, used the rod uh, that God gave him to, uh, to to open the Red Sea for the children of Israel to cross over. He used that same rod uh, to smite uh, the rock. 
And while the children of Israel were in a desert place, this, this, this place of Horeb is a desert place. It's a mountain range, but it is desert. That matter of fact, that's what Horeb means. It means desert or desolate. And so they came upon this place called Rephidim. You remember they came upon Rephidim, and the name Rephidim means refreshment. And so while they were in the place of refreshment, there was no water to drink. And so Moses smote the rock. Uh, God told him to use the rod, the same rod that you open the, the river with, smite the rock, and then water will come rushing uh, from the rock. And so that is ministry. We, we want to be about ministry in this desert land in which we live, in this dry uh, uh, parched world in which we live, we want to be a mountain of ministry where folk can come and get the water of life. Amen. To get the water of life. We're not talking about a physical drink, uh, a cool glass of water. No, we're talking about offering Jesus to that unsaved man, unsaved uh, boy and girl so that they uh, may know what God's will is for them, but that they also may secure a place uh, in, in, in heaven. Amen? Amen. So we want to labor to be a mountain of mission. Well, on tonight, uh, as we're still talking about, why name the church Mount Horeb? Well, on tonight, we want to talk about being a mountain of of motivation. We move from the mountain of mission to the mountain of ministry, and now we're going to talk about a mountain of motivation. Or you can put another, I, I use motivation, uh, but I really wanted to say a mountain of encouragement. Uh, and so uh, on tonight, we're going to, we're going to, uh, on last week, we looked at chapter 17 of Exodus. Uh, where we got water from the rock. And on tonight, I want to look at uh, chapter 18, uh, will serve as our scripture text uh, for tonight. Now, in between what we looked at last week, which was getting water from the rock, that's the first part of Exodus 17. Following that is another, um, another happening at Horeb. Uh, that we may come back to, uh, but I, I, I wanted you to know that, that we skipped a happening right there, and that happening is when, uh, when they were still at Rephidim, uh, and uh, the battle uh, with Israel and Amalek happened in that latter part of chapter 17, and there's some good stuff in there as well. Uh, that we're going to come back to. But on tonight, I want to take you to chapter 18, and, and we'll find out some things that also happen right there in that area. Remember we talked about uh, that horror. Uh, there's many different schools of thought as it pertains to horror. Uh, some folk call it a mountain. Uh, some folk say it's synonymous, most people, most theologians say that it's synonymous with Mount Sinai, that Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb 
are the same. But then there are other schools of thought that says that Horeb is the name of the entire uh, Sinaitic Peninsula. That whole that entire mountain range uh, was called Horeb, which will explain. And I can tell you from my studying, uh, from the studies that I've done, I'm leaning toward Horeb being the name of the entire mountain range. And inside of that mountain range, you have the mountain of God. Inside of that mountain range, you have uh, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. Uh, and, and, so, and also, there's another school of thought that says in those days, when, when they would use uh, the word mountain, it wouldn't, uh, a lot of times, it wouldn't just be talking about a particular mountain. Uh, but it, it also, they also use mountain to talk about an entire mountain range. And so I'm leaning toward that Horeb is the name of this entire place, this entire uh, range of mountains. Uh, but, but here in this 18th chapter, and uh, we're going to read it, uh, is verses, the, the first 12 verses will hold our scripture uh, we'll hold our scripture text that we're going to look at on tonight. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it for, for you. And like I said, I like to read from the King James Version, uh, but I find that uh, this, this version, this particular version that was bought to be, bought to me, bought for me by my wonderful mother, uh, it was bought for me, but I find that the translations that Gene Getz uses are most uh, most closely uh, on point with the Greek and Hebrew translations of the King James Version. And so I just want to read the first 12 verses, uh, which will, and then we'll talk about being a mountain of motivation, starting with verse 1. It says, Moses' uh, father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything that God had done for Moses and his people Israel and how the Lord had brought, out, had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken in Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, along with her two sons, one of them was named Gershom because Moses has said, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. And the other named Eliezer, Eliza, because he has said, the God of my father was my helper and delivered me from Pharaoh's sword. Verse 5, Moses, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, along with Moses' wife and sons, came to meet him in the wilderness where he was camped at the mountain of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and, your, and her two sons. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down, and kissed him. They asked each other how they had been and went into the tent. Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that the Lord had done uh, to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that they confronted, that confronted them on the way and how the Lord delivered them. 
Jethro rejoiced over the good things the Lord had done for Israel when he rescued them from the power of the Egyptians. Verse 10, praise the Lord, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from Pharaoh and the power of the Egyptians and snatched the people from the power of the Egyptians. Verse 11, now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods because he did wonders when the Egyptians acted arrogantly against Israel. Then verse 12, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, bought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law in God's presence. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. My brothers and sisters, tonight we're talking about being a mountain of motivation. Because as we looked at on last week, we noticed when they came to uh, the mountain of God, that that's where uh, it, it says uh, they came to the mountain of God. Uh, the mountain of God. Uh, and then the Lord said, I'm going to stand upon this rock. And then he told Moses, you go smoke the rock and and water will flow from it. And then right after that, they have the battle at Rephidim, which Moses changed to uh, Massa and uh, Marishah. Uh, they had the battle with, with Amalek. Remember the, the story, or do I have any Sunday school attenders in here, when, when uh, while, while Moses' hands were raised, then the children of Israel would be winning the battle, but as soon as his hands start going down, they would start losing. And so it was Aaron and Hur who were also there on the mountain with Moses. And what they did was they put a rock down for Moses to sit down, and one stood on each side, and they held his hands up all the way until Amalek was defeated. And so uh, now we come to verse, I mean, chapter 18. And through this time, word is getting back to Jethro and to Moses' wife and his sons all the way back in Midian. Word is coming to them about what God is doing for Israel. Now, you got to remember, uh, you, you heard the, the saying before, uh, uh, and it's probably not not pertinent to what we're talking about, but it says bad news will beat you home. You know, news will travel whether you know it or not. And so that's exactly what happened in this setting where, where God would do wonderful things on the behalf of Israel uh, leaving from Egypt, but the word spread throughout the then known land. And so here we come uh, to, to, to this experience. And as we talk about being a mountain of motivation, we want to be a church where folk come and get motivated, where they come and to be encouraged uh, to continue on with this Christian journey. And really, it's, we're, all we're talking about is evangelism, because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that 
uh, further as we go throughout this lesson, but it's all about evangelism. We want to evangelize, tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. And so as we're talking about being a mountain of motivation, we notice the first the first in first in, in, in verse number five, why it does not mention Horeb, but it does mention the mountain of God. You remember when Moses, the first lesson we had while Moses was leading the flock of Jethro, where he was leading Jethro's flock, the Bible says he came to the mountain of God, even at Horeb. And so while while this text, this particular text does not mention Horeb, but it does mention the mountain of God where they were encamped. And so we know simply that they got to be around the same area where where Moses found his mission, then he went to Egypt, uh, had the duel with Pharaoh and told him, let my people go. And uh, Pharaoh didn't let him go. And so the plagues came. You remember the plagues, the locusts, the, um, uh, all the plagues that came. And then uh, now they're on their way from Egypt to the promised land. That's that's the ultimate place they're trying to get. But along the way, they had different encampment sites. And so this particular encampment site was around the same spot where Moses had the burning bush encounter. And if you remember, uh, while he was herding the sheep, uh, it was right there by Midian where he had lived for 40 years. And so when Jethro got word that Moses and the children of Israel was that close to him, he decided, I need to go out and meet Moses. I really think that he said, I, uh, because he was, he was watching uh, his daughter and his grandsons while Moses was. Now, Moses took them with him in the first time he went to Egypt. But somewhere along the line, he sent his family back to Jethro uh, for their safety. And so uh, Jethro were, was, in other words, uh, uh, babysitting, uh, babysitting the wife and the children for Moses. And so I like to think that Jethro said, well, since Moses is this far, you're going to lead all these other folk. I'm going to come and, and drop your... <laughs> drop your family off too. And so uh, Jethro took this opportunity. He, he, of course, he wanted to check on Moses. That was his uh, son-in-law. He had found favor with Moses. Do I have any Bible readers in, in the house? He, uh, Moses had helped, uh, helped the women when they came to the river to, to uh, 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 water the field, to get water. And Moses helped them and then when the ladies got back to Jethro's house and told him what they had done, Jethro said, well, why you didn't invite him back to the house so that he could eat with us? And so from that day forward, Moses uh, was with Midian. And remember, we talked about Moses' life being broken down in three separate, uh, three different entities, well, three different areas. He spent 40 years in Egypt. He left Egypt after he, he killed the Egyptian for fighting with the Israelite. And then uh, he spent 40 years in Midian with Jethro being the sheep herder. And then 
uh, he's going to spend another 40 years in the wilderness, which comes out to what? 120, which is how, how old Moses lived to be. And so the first thing we, we want to uh, notice as we talk about being a mountain of motivation, the first thing we want to do is we want to transmit God in our past affairs. We want to transmit God in our past affairs. Yeah, it's, it's verses, it's, it's, because I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. It's, it's in the text. It's in the text. Verse number, uh, verse number eight. Yeah, verse number eight tells us about how Moses transmitted God in his past affair. We're talking about evangelism, about uh, winning over souls for Christ. And if we're going to win souls over for Christ, the first thing we got to do is transmit God in our past affairs. Remember, we talked about, uh, it's, I, I think it's seven times, it's six times in here that past tense words or phrases are being used when Moses is recount, re, recapitulating with Jethro exactly what had been done since he left Midian. Remember, because right here in verse, uh, verse number eight, it says, Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardships that confronted them on the way and how the Lord delivered them. Jethro rejoiced over all the good things the Lord had done for Israel when he rescued, see all these past tense uh, words, when he rescued them from the power of the Egyptians. Then verse number 10 says, Jethro said, praise the Lord, Jethro exclaimed, who rescued you from Pharaoh and from the power of the Egyptians and snatched the people from the power of the Egyptians. My brothers and sisters, if we're going to win over, you know, the, the hardest folk to win over, <coughs> the hardest folk to win over is, do you know who the hardest folk to win over? Huh? Family. Family is the hardest folk to win over. Why? Simply because they know you. They know what you like. They know what you don't like. They know what you do. They know where you've been. They know how you talk, how you walk. They know everything about you. And so it's important that when we're when we're evangelizing, when we're talking to other folk, especially our family members, we have to transmit God in our past affairs. You know, we got it because that's what Moses did. He, he didn't say, uh, Jethro, my father-in-law, yes, I, I took the rod and I, and, I, and, and I put it in the middle of the Red Sea and it opened up by itself. And then... Uh, I, I threw the rod on the ground and it turned into a snake before Pharaoh. Do I have any Bible readers? Oh, okay. He he didn't take he didn't he didn't put 
the onus on himself, but he gave God all the credit for what had been done in the life of Israel up to that point. And I'm simply saying, if we're going to win over anybody, it's going to be by inserting the power of God in our past affairs. Yeah, I don't say yes. I, I, that's why you always hear me say, Sister, Sister Pierce and other folk, you always hear me say, look at God. You hear me say, look at God, because I, I want everyone to know, look, this is not happening to me because of, of my goodness or because of my expertise or because of anything that I've done. Look what God has done. You know, we, we tend to get too selfish in our past affairs, and that leads others to not accept the Lord because we haven't given him the right due. We haven't given him the rightful place of what he has done for us in our life. It was the Lord who watched over me while I slept and slumbered last night. It was, it was God who allowed me to wake up early this morning and start my day off right. It was the Lord who watched over me in that terrible time that I went through. It was God who, you, do it, you understand what I'm saying? You got to incorporate God into your past affairs. Yeah, give him his just due because it was him and nobody else but him. When, and so we got to remember if we're trying to win other folk, you have to implement, you have to transmit God in our past affairs. But then not only do we want to transmit God into our past affairs, but secondly, we want to incorporate God in our present awareness. We want to transmit God in our past affairs, but then we want to incorporate God in our present awareness. But I didn't make that point up either. Guess where it is? It's in the text. Thank you, Ken. It's in the text. It's in the text. Verse, verse, uh, verse number 11. After Jethro had, uh, I told you, he had already got wind of what God was doing in the life of the Israels, in their exodus from Egypt. Uh, but after Moses recanted the story uh, to him, retold the story to him, and gave God all the credit. Then Jethro turns around and says, Now I know, now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods. Now, in order to understand this point, you got to do some more studying because you got to realize that, that, that Jethro is not a part of Israel. No, he's, he, he's from Midian, and uh, in Midian is where he's a, he's a Kenite. He's a Kenite, and, and, and the Kenites are from uh, the, the lineage of Ham. You remember Noah's son, Ham? Most, most scholars uh, attribute Ham to being the father of the black race. Am, am I on it, uh, Dr. Nash? Yeah, they, they attribute Ham to be the father of the black race. But remember after, after they, after they, they uh, I want to say the diaspora, 
after they went their separate ways, Ham and, and his folk went down south to uh, and 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 took took play took uh, residence in Africa, and so uh, Jethro, even though it says he was a priest, you would automatically think that uh, he was he was God's chosen because he was a priest, but he was a priest for the Kenites, and so they did not they did not uh, follow the same uh, ordinances and. They didn't follow the same principles uh, that God's chosen folk followed. And so, and so uh, you got to realize that this is Moses winning over someone who was not a part of the fold. In other words, uh, Jethro was a Gentile, if I can put it like that. Uh, any Bible reading? No Bible reading? Okay, Moses, uh, Jethro was a Gentile. And so you can tell that by him saying, now I know that Yahweh is greater than all gods. And can I tell you, there are a whole lot of other gods out there. You know, as church folk, we, we tend to, to put more emphasis and more love in other gods. You know, your God can, uh, God, other gods can be your job. It can be your family. It can be your homes. Anything that you put more emphasis on than the God of our salvation becomes your God. Do I have any help up in here? And so what Jethro is saying, because of what you told me, because of, of you giving, you transmitting God in the past affairs, he says, now I know. That's present tense. We've, we've moved from past tense word. To now, I know. That's, that's presently. That's, that, that's a present tense. So we have, to, we have to incorporate God into our present awareness. Yeah, every, everything about us, uh, Mount Horeb, uh, Shapoint, folk, heavenward. Everything about us, our individual lives, should resemble Jesus Christ. Yes, because it's it's only then, it's then and only then when we when we talk about our past and give God his his uh, just due, and then we 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 live and move about in our present life resembling our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That means we got to have compassion on our brothers and sisters in Christ. That means we have to be. Uh, um, we have to be focused on uh, winning over that unsaved man, woman, boy, or girl. We got to live out the saying, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Yeah, I know, I know where I would be, my brothers and sisters. I, I would be dead or in jail if it had not been for the Lord on my side. And so each and every day I wake up, each and every day God allows me to rise and see a brand new day. I told you I made a pact with the Lord. I said, Lord, if you allow me to wake up in the morning, I will do my best to be about your will in that given day. Because it's, it's him, it's God who is the author and, 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 and he's the alpha and the omega. He's the one uh, that 
that allows us to be who we are and what we are. And so if we're going to win over other folk, if we're going to be a mountain of motivation to motivate other folk, whether unsaved or saved, there are some saved folk that need motivating. Huh? Yeah, there are some saved folk that need motivating. But if we're going to do it, we, we've got to transmit God in our past affairs, but then we must incorporate God into our present awareness. But then lastly, as I, as I get ready to, to go to my seat, thirdly, we must celebrate God for our prophesied affirmations. See, you have to be a Bible reader to know about uh, these prophesied affirmations. Yes, you, you remember, well, let's, let's, I didn't make that point up either. Well, it's in the text. Thank you. It's in the text. Verse 12 says, Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, bought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God, and Aaron and all the elders of Israel ate a meal with Moses' father-in-law in God's presence. See, Jethro has been converted already. He, you can tell he's converted. See, the verse 11 tells you what he's thinking, but then verse 12 tells you what he does because of his conversion. He offered burnt offerings and sacrifices. My brothers and sisters, we don't do burnt offerings and sacrifices in 2020, but what we do is come to the house of the Lord to praise his holy name. That's our burnt offering. That's, that's our sacrifice. That's, that's what's meant by uh, Christian stewardship, the giving of your time, your talent, and your treasures for the greater good of God. That's, that's our sacrifice that we give to God for all that he's done for us. And so Jethro has been converted. He has been motivated. He has been uh, encouraged to come over to the right side. I can just imagine whenever he went back to Midian, he started telling all of his friends and kinfolk and, and, and blood folk about what God has done, what God had done in his son-in-law's life. And and what God is able to do even in the life of anyone else. And that's what we do on Sunday mornings. The, the preacher stands up and gives motivated, motivational messages, gives encouragement to the people of God so that you can leave this place and go out and tell a dying world about a risen Savior. Leave this place and go out and live like you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave this place and go out and make an impact on a world of wickedness and woe. So why will we name the church Mount Horeb? Simply because we want to be a mountain of mission. We want to be a mountain of ministry. But then also we want to be a mountain of motivation. I can I can let you in on a little secret right now. I, this study is so good to me. I thought of you know since we have our own uh, T-shirt maker in the building, 
I already thought, as a matter of fact, the executive path, we were thinking on the same line. He done, he he written down about three or four, five, six different uh, phrases that he won't put on T-shirts. And I thought about it. I said, after this study, I want to put a T-shirt together with all, with, with the Mount Horror uh, being a mountain of mission, a mountain of ministry, a mountain of motivation. And then there's other things that the Lord ain't even revealed to me yet. But I, I just have, I have confidence that, that God is going to give me exactly what I need to encourage our folk. Amen. Amen. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard on tonight. We ask, oh God, that as we uh, lean to do your will, as we aim to do your will, that you would help us to become a mountain of motivation. That you would help, uh, help each and every area of our life to resemble Jesus Christ so that unsaved man, woman, boy, or girl may come running asking, what must I do to be saved? Lord, we thank you for the membership. We thank you for the doors that you are opening for this, your church. And we lean and depend on you in the, for future uh, occurrences, for things that, that are in work, that are, in, uh, that are working out for our good. We love you, oh God, and we thank you for choosing us for this particular ministry. Now, then, Lord, we ask and pray that as, uh, as we get ready to leave this place, that if there's any unsaved man, woman, boy, girl that's in this place on tonight, that something was said, something was done, that will encourage them, that will motivate them to give their life to you so that you may have right away in and through their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all who love the Lord said, amen. 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 With that being said, we do have some visitors up in the house. And we, don't, we do not want to take it for granted uh, that everyone uh, here is saved. And so that's, that's really the bottom line of what we do in uh, the life of the Mount Horeb Baptist Church. We offer Christ to any and everyone. The, uh, there is no, no uh, stipulation on receiving the Lord into your life. All you have to do is come and do the ABCs of salvation. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose for our sin. And then also confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that Jesus rose from the dead. So let me ask my, my, my visitors that are here. If it is your will to be saved on tonight, you can receive the Lord into your life on tonight. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. So the only opportunity that you have is right now. That's the only opportunity that you have because nothing else is promised to us. You can't make folk do nothing.
I'm sorry, I was being the father in the midst of opening doors to the church. Amen, 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 amen. Just because this moment is passed by, uh, all you have to do if that's your will to be saved. I'm talking to my little friends here. I'm talking uh, to Tim Tim. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to Tim. Y'all, that's Jayla's boyfriend. That's Jayla's boyfriend, Tim Tim. Yeah, that's who I was talking to, Tim Tim and and uh, uh, Jada and Giselle and what's your name, sweetheart? Madison and Madison. Amen. Amen. Y'all remember New the New Leaf uh, Church that we visited? Yeah, they're. They're part of the New Leaf uh, Church, but we're happy to have them uh, on tonight. Amen. 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 Um, if you are, don't forget, uh, we're taking up our offering. If you have, um, if you didn't bring any cash like your pastor didn't, then you can you can give through uh, the through Givelify and Cash App and Zelle and all those different PayPal, all those different uh, all those different avenues to give, uh, and that's what I'm gonna do as soon as this watch party stops. When you have a watch party going on, can you come out of it? You can. Oh, okay. Y'all help help me, Lord, have mercy. Amen. 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 Uh, if everyone has given, if has everyone given, everyone has given. All right, what we're going to do now is going to have our, um, we're going to pray over the offering, and then we're going to dismiss so that uh, the ensemble can have uh, just a few minutes uh, to go over what they want to do uh, for Sunday. Uh, Sister Nash trying to talk. The first lady is talking to me, but she has a mask over her mouth. And so I, I can't read. I can't read her lips. Oh, she said, that's all right. All right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. All right. So let's stand and bless the offering. And then we will also have our benediction. Uh, Brother Executive Pastor, do you have anything you want to say? Amen, amen, amen. All right, let us bow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard on tonight. We ask and pray that as we leave this place, uh, that you will watch over us. Your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in the way that is most pleasing to you. Oh, God, we thank you for this offering that was given. We thank you for those who gave. Thank you for those who wanted to give but had none to give. We ask and pray that uh, what, we, what we receive will be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom here on earth. Uh, all these things we ask in your darling son, Jesus' name. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each and every one of us from now until forevermore. And we'll give your name all the praise and all the honor that so rightfully deserves. In the sweet and precious name of Jesus, we pray. 
And all who love the Lord said, Amen. 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 Amen.